Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. God, we give you thanks for this day. This day that we start anew, we start afresh. We start knowing that your love and grace continues to move through us as we move through this season of Advent. So Lord, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, Happy New Year. Now, no, I'm, I'm not in a rush to get to the year of 2021, or, or maybe I am. But, but today marks the start of the new year. As, as a church, as a Christian community, we begin to celebrate the beginning of a new year with the very first Sunday of Advent. And it, and it makes sense, doesn't it? We would talk about the, the beginning or, or, or the coming of the Christ child, but yet there's, there's a, even a bigger coming that we celebrate when we talk about the beginning of Advent. A, and that is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Some of you may have uh, not freaked out. That may be too harsh of a term, but, but maybe going, why in the world are we singing joy to the world on the first Sunday of Advent? Because it's not a Christmas hymn. We, we, we sing it all the time during the Christmas Eve service, and, and we will sing it again on, on, on December the 24th when we celebrate Christmas Eve. But that hymn, if, if you look at the words, it is all about the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's about him coming to reign. He rules the world with truth and grace. All of those words reminds us that we, as believers of Jesus Christ, we don't stay 
at the manger. That, that Christ doesn't stay as a little baby, but he, he came so that we may have life and life abundantly. He came to, to die for our sins. But I, I'm getting a little bit of ahead of myself because it makes me so excited to think about the work of Jesus Christ in our lives. I wanted to talk about the pattern of the church here. I have, have a slide here for you to take a look at of how we celebrate the year of the church. And you can see by the slide, it's this circular motion starting in November, December, wherever the very first Sunday of Advent is, that is the beginning of the year. And then it moves through to the Christmas season, Remember, Christmas is not now. And one of the things that I know that I still get grief about whenever I plan Advent, the season of Advent, that people really want to get to those Christmas songs early. But really, we should be singing Christmas songs from Christmas Day on December the 25th all the way to Epiphany, which is the day that we celebrate the coming of the wise men on January the 6th. And then we move into a, a, a period called Epiphany that ends on Ash Wednesday, which I believe this year will be around February the 12th. And then we move into the season of Lent, the, the season of passion where, where remember Christ's work and, and how he, he moved his way through and up to the cross. And then Passion Sunday, which is also Palm Sunday and Holy Week through Easter Sunday. And then we have the season of Easter that moves from there until the Sunday of Pentecost, where, where we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit. And then after that time, what some people call the long, boring green season, is, is something that we call Kingdom Tide. And we'll share a little bit more about that later, but, but that covers the rest of the calendar from about the end of May through November until we come again to the beginning of the new year. But see, when we look at the calendar like this, it just looks like a repetitive motion that we do over and over and over again, and we forget to think about what the calendar is all about. See, the church calendar is all about how we move through the year, but really, the calendar that we should be focused on is about God's movement towards us and God's love being proclaimed throughout the entire world. So I want you to take a look at, at this calendar, this next slide that shows a different way of expressing how we celebrate the Christian year. It, it, it's a pattern of, of ups and downs. And the reason why it's a pattern of ups and downs is because it reminds us just like God's grace that is something that moves towards us. And then God's God being proclaimed in the world around us. So here at the very beginning of the calendar we have Advent. And that is showing that Jesus Christ comes to each and every one of us. But then Epiphany the works of Jesus while he was on earth is God's glory be re being revealed to all of the earth. 
And, and we have that picture of God's glory being revealed to all of the earth because of the wise men who weren't Jewish people. They, they, they were foreigners that came to, to celebrate, to, to give glory and honor to Christ being born for the entire world. And, and then we have another downward slope to Lent, which is showing Christ having mercy upon God's people and, and going to the cross and dying for our sins. But then we turn around to Eastertide or Easter, and we see another movement forward saying that Jesus is Lord and that he is proclaimed all around us. And then we have another downward movement at Pentecost. But, but that downward movement is the receiving of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit has come upon each and every one of us who call upon Jesus as our Lord. And then that final swing upward is kingdom tide. And that reminds each and every one of us that we are called to bring God's kingdom here on earth. So, do you see that pattern? You see that pattern, how it moves from, from God's action coming down to us, and then there's a response, and then God coming down again, and then there's a response to God coming down, and then another response from us. See, it gives the calendar a, a, a new fresh meaning, a, a new fresh idea that it's not just thing that we do every year because it's what we always do. But it is a reminder that each and every one of us are called to, to live in the grace that, that God has given us and then to share that grace in a new and fresh way. But my friends, with everything that we've been through this past year, I want us to start thinking about the new year in this way. You know, last week, as we were talking about giving, I, I made a comment about our calendars. And, and one of the things that I said about our calendars is that if we really want to see what we have priority in, or, or those things that, that we feel are most important, all we have to do is take a look at our calendars and wallets, what, what we spend our time doing and what we spend our money on. And I admit, I am such a failure when it comes to a, a, a daily planner or, or a daily calendar. I, I am now inundated on Facebook because I've been looking at new calendars for, uh, for 2021. A, and looking at these calendars, I realize that what I have a tendency to do is to really focus on things that are urgent or, or, or things that I make urgent and, and also have a tendency to focus on those things that I feel are important. But when I do that, I'm missing one important aspect of the full calendar. And that full calendar is taking a look at what is ultimate in my life. When we are running around trying to take care of those things that we think are urgent and those things are important and we forget to think about the ultimate, we miss what I think we are called to do as followers of Jesus Christ. Now, what, what do I mean by ultimate? 
What I mean by ultimate is that we need to take a look at God's word and, and let that be the guide for how we do everything else. I think Wanda may have done a young disciples time on this, or I may have shared at a sermon before about the whole idea about uh, this, this teacher who took these rocks and they set them down in front of a student and, and he put like this big rock in a big container and said, is this container full? And the student said, well, yes. And then he took some little smaller rocks and he poured those in and asked if the container was, ba- was full. And they said, yes. And then he took some smaller rocks or pebbles and he put those in. And, and finally he said, this shows you a lesson that, that when you prioritize your life, you want to make sure that you put those big rocks in first. And then you start filling in all of these other stuff after that. But see, that's what we need to do as people of faith. Sometimes I think it's easy for us to, to put in those, those smaller things that we think are important or urgent, but when we fail to start with something that is the ultimate in our lives, we see that that can easily get pushed out. That, that's what this refocus on Advent is all about. It, it's to help us to see that when we start with the great news that, that God has come from heaven to earth so that we may live in his presence, that, that his grace can fill us, then we can start adding those other things in light of that good news. See, when we look at the gospel of Jesus Christ, we see that the most important scripture is possibly John 1.14, where John writes that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. See, see that, that's what gets us where we are right now. It gets us to the opportunity to remember that because Christ came to live as one of us, we then can reorient our lives and live in a way so that Christ may be glorified in all that we do honors our love, the love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So this year during Advent, we are going to be focusing more on that calendar, but how this Christian calendar gives us an example of how we can awaken to Christ and be alive and have him move in our lives. So our scripture for this morning comes from the book of Romans, the 13th chapter, starting at verse 11 and 12. Hear the word of the Lord. Paul writes, and do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Isn't that a great awakening passage? 
to, to, to see what it is that, that we are called to do. The very first thing that Paul writes in this passage is that we must understand this present time. My friends, we live at a time of darkness. We live in a fallen world. And I think one of the things that we do that, that, that causes more and more confusion, causes more and more disorientation, is that we try to fix it ourselves. We try to move out as fast as we can and, and do what we can do, but when it all comes down to it, when we try to do things on our own power, we tend to mess things up even more than they were before. It's an echo that we see playing all throughout history. And it's an echo that we see playing all throughout the Holy Scriptures. But when we understand this present time, that, that, that the darkness that we live in is not the intention of the Father. And what I mean by that, when, when God created the heavens and the earth, he ended that creation by saying what? Not just it was good, but he said that it is very good. Then sin comes into the picture and breaks all of that up. And we currently, right here and now, continue to live within that world of sin. You know, one of the questions that I'm asked as a pastor time and time again is that phrase, why is it that, that bad things happen to good people? And I think we have that question wrong. Yes, bad things happen. But what do we expect in a fallen world? Well, what do we expect to have happen around us when, when, when we are, are full of sin and the world is broken around us? I, I think the way that we should be phrasing that question is not, why do bad things happen to good people? But we should rejoice that good things happen to bad people. That, that, that good things happen to us so that we see the light of Christ shine in our lives individually and it, as a community, and we give thanks that we have the opportunity to see the glory of God around us. And, and we see that because of the next thing that Paul talks about in our passage today. We, we see those glimpses of God's grace and love in our lives when we understand the time that we're in because salvation is near. Salvation is near. That, that, that's what John the Baptist kept talking about as he started to witness to the Christ coming into the world. And that should be the call of the church today. That is what our focus should be on, that salvation is near. But we think about salvation as something that we do. We, we, we can think about how we bring about things that are right, but the only way that salvation comes is because of Jesus Christ. He, he was born under the law, and he fulfilled the law for each and every one of us. And by 
our proclamation of faith, we are declared righteous in the sight of God. And the beautiful thing about salvation, my friends, is that salvation is a past, a present, and a future reality. We, we were saved, we are being saved, and we will continue to be saved, not because of, of what we do, not because of any effort that we try to, to, to put on that, but it is because of what Christ has already done for each and every one of us. So, so then Paul gives us a response to this. When we understand the present time, when we see that salvation is near, we then have a task to put on the armor of light. And when we talk about putting on the armor of light, it is a way of saying that we put on Christ. The ancient Greeks would talk about Plato and Socrates and those that, that followed those trains of thought, they would put on Plato and they would put on Socrates. What that means is that they would then put on the teachings of those masters. So, so when we put on Christ, it's not saying that we're putting on some kind of outfit to make us more Christian. We are saying that we are putting on the character of Christ and then that character is the character that moves us forward. That character is the character that, that moves us forward so that we may then go out into the world sharing the love of Jesus Christ with our neighbor and with our friends and with our family. It's not trying to find a way how, how we can prove that we are right and other people are wrong. Because the fact of the matter is, Jesus is the only one that is right, and the rest of us are just guessing. And we're trying to guess and figure out what the true and good will of our Savior is. And thanks be to God, because Christ dwells inside of us, we can know those things, and we can move forward as children of light. My hope and prayer is that as we move through this Advent season, as we move through in, in this life, proclaiming that the Christ has come to, to free us from our sin, to free us from darkness, to free us from death, we can then move through the rest of the season not awaiting the baby in a manger, but we await Christ to come to make all things right and all things new so that we live in his unshakable kingdom. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, nearer than our breath, thank you for these days of Advent and for this new year in Christ. Make them be for us a day of awakening to your good news, to your betterness, to your bestness. Wrap us in the armor of light. Come, Holy Spirit. Wrap us in the arms of the life and love of Jesus. And make us such a people of embrace for others. And we pray this. In the name of Jesus the Messiah, the one who has come 
who is here and who will come again for his glory and our good. Amen.